new season, new podcast, same old loss. We're back. It's the new season. We're ready to go. Kieran, what's up, man? Yeah, man. It's, something's up, and it's our turn. <laughs> you can I, can I just start a little conversation? I don't have my phone out on me, but let's talk about this because um, and we were talking when we were playing Rocket League the other day, and you were like, "Oh, mate, it's the new season coming out. Can you believe it? Oh my god, we're ready. We're gonna like it's gonna be so exciting." And you didn't say those exact words. <laughs> Good. I'm not quoting you. And yeah. you were like, but you sounded, you know, you were excited. You were right, I love up. football. I, love I know, football. I know. Let's get, we'll get to that. And yeah. I was like, bro, honestly, like, I'm not sure if I'm just depressed or like what, but <laughs> this is the first season where I do not feel like the same, like, oh my God, because there's nothing new. Like, we've seen what this team can do and we came eighth last year, which is about where we deserve to yeah. finish. And we've got the same team this year <laughs> we're gonna finish eighth again so it's like what like there's like the, the excitement is like is the gambling thing right you you press the slot machine and you're like what's gonna happen what am i gonna get the 777 yeah. and go live on for whatever and do crazy stuff when i'm rich and famous and get up to las vegas to borshery am i or am i gonna go and lose my quid probably gonna lose my quid but it's the excitement in i don't know what's gonna happen I feel like I know exactly what's going to happen this season. So there's none of that like, oh, it could be this and this and this and this because we're exactly the same. And more of the same happened today. We lost we lost 2-0 to Brentford. Yeah, we got beaten by the bees and it's safe to say we got stung, brother. It was a bad, I might bad cut game. that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm joking, I'm joking. Just keep that, going. Was that was the tell worst me, thing I've ever tell heard. Me, tell me that, that was the worst thing I've ever heard. heard. Bro, that was not bad. That's going to be the <laughs> caption of the title of the video. Uh, it's no Brentford Agatha two. Christie. Brentford 2, Arsenal 0. We got stung. Or the bees stung us. Something like that. Word like play. every other Word one Smith. that's gone up on the title. Probably not. Sounds like something Sky Sports have already written. But, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm that that professional, <laughs> then I'll write that. <laughs> then you need a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get All at right. me, Sky Sports. Get at me. Let's go, let's go. So, um, let's talk about the football team lineup first. Ah, fuck off. Right. So, sorry to steal your thunder on this, but I want to talk to you about this because you seem to rate this player. I don't fucking rate him. I'm not talking about Leno because we're talking about Chambers. Him. I know he's trash. Tra- Chambers, right? He was fucking awful. Why is he in the team? He offers nothing. He did a few assists against West Ham, and he's done fuck all else. And he's been living off that game for the last 15 fucking games he's played. He's trash. He's not Premier League level. He needs to fucking go. Why are people saying Bellerin needs to go? Why are people saying Cedric needs to go? Chambers is the worst right back at the club. Get him out. Now. So I would say that none of those three right backs are. Actually, to be honest though, how many players in our team, I'm not going to say top four quality, how many players in our team at the moment are top six quality? Not many. (coughs) Not many at all. So when we're saying these players are terrible, it's like, yeah, they're just as terrible as each other. They're a mediocre group. <coughs> yeah, I no, I get what you're saying. Um, the fact that Jacko was captain in us yesterday was bizarre, seeing as we were trying to sell him in the summer. Yeah. Like, is his heart in it? I don't know. But, I mean, I, I'm not going to have a go at Xhaka because I don't think he particularly had a terrible game. It was very average. I actually thought Xhaka he was game. really good for the first 20 minutes. He was playing one-touch passes all over the place. We were actually yeah. moving it well. He was supporting Tierney and Martinelli on the left side. Like, it was looking really solid. And then it all fell apart. I mean, it was surprising, the whole... We can, we'll talk about... We'll go into it a little bit more detail later with the Lacazette, Aubameyang kind of situation. But yeah. obviously, that meant that Martinelli and Balogun played. They didn't really take their opportunity. 
because they probably would, look, to be honest they probably wouldn't have started it probably would have been a bang now if they left the Malakas at down the middle I'd imagine um, and when Saka's back it'll be him as well yeah I mean Saka's not probably fully fit he's had a difficult Euros well he had a good Euros but the difficult difficult part of the end which probably hasn't done well for him because it's you know a lot to go through but you know I'm, it was the kind of a decent team considering the circumstances we put out a team that should have beaten Brentford minus Chambers um, you know we haven't got a, another good keeper so Leno had to start again you know but he's probably the least of our worries at the moment apart from on the second goal but we'll go into that later but yeah it's 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 that was that was horrible viewing like I, I don't know how you felt about it but yeah. yeah, it was really. It was, but like I said, I'm not that surprised. I'm not going to come here shouting oh, and screaming no, no, because yeah, it, yeah. it was. I, I'm not surprised. So there's no like surprise in my voice. It's just like this is what this has become. Well, this is this is the thing that it, it still surprises me in the fact that like, l- like you said, I'm not surprised by any kind of Arsenal result these days. But like, I get my friends that like text me that support Chelsea, support Man United, Liverpool, Man City, all these kind of teams, and they're like trying to laugh at like the fact that we lost to Brentford, and I'm like, mate, like. I thought we were going to lose, and that's <laughs> I that's didn't a have horrible us down position to be that. in. Like, and I, it it sucks because we're positive and we want Arsenal to win. We want the best for Arsenal. But I knew, well, not knew because you can never know 100. percent But I honestly thought that we'd lose our first three games of the season. We've got Man City next, Chelsea after, and I honestly, I before the season started, I thought we'd lose. And when I was talking to you on Rocket about, um, you know being excited for the Premier League is because I love football even if Arsenal lose like I don't like watching Arsenal lose but I like you know having games to watch and it doesn't even have to typically be Arsenal to watch like I like watching other games as a neutral sometimes watching games where there's no pressure is quite nice to watch because you can just enjoy the game and you're not emotionally attached to it yeah so, I, my point was more around I don't feel any like wonder about what our no, season no, is going to be like but it's not a surprise Arteta's still a manager like but even the ask... transfers mate like you can have the same old manager but have a new squad and it's exciting no but it's not though like I this manager is so out of his depth and so below par that I honestly if if we had Antonio Conte that was our manager or Brendan Rodgers was our manager and we came into the season with that team I would be excited. I'm not trying to say that we've got an amazing team, but I we'd have massive amounts of improvement. Like the the first 20 minutes of that game set the complete tone, right? We had we had spells in the game, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that we were absolutely trash against Brentford, right? We were poor defensively for the goals we conceded. We easily could have scored two or three goals in that game. Yeah. And on a different day we could have scored. Well, do you want to know what the xG was? Well, I don't care about XG, but you can tell me anyway. It was 1.2 for Arsenal, 1.4 for Brentford. Yeah. And, you know, going through, like, chances and stuff like that, I remember Smith-Rowe got into a good position, shot it yep. straight at the keeper. Pepe. You know, Balogun had a turn when the defender kind of clattered into him but just got enough of the ball that it wasn't a penalty. You know, there was... And Tierney had a couple where he got into a good space and if he'd hit on target, he'd have scored. Like, there was... it. It's not that, but it's, it's the overall package of just knowing that we're weak and how many games last season did we go away from home and not score a goal even be like being in the game but not scoring goals and not being ruthless with it and it comes from Arteta like I don't care what anyone said I'm telling you right now if we had a ruthless manager like Antonio Conte or someone of that ilk like we would we would not be so easy to beat and we're so easy to beat I have like friends that years ago used to be like I hate playing Arsenal and now they fucking look forward to us like we're a shell of a club than what we used to be. 
I I think we should make a video where we go through the whole squad and say who's top four, who's top six, and who's not we in the will. top ten we squad will. because it's like there's so it's many good. holes, and it's like so like and I'm not unhappy that we signed Ben White because like I said before, if we had three hundred million, that might be a He's transfer you He's do. Hard. Yeah, but. There's just so many gaping holes in this squad now that like you can't like the 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 water is coming into the boat in such large yeah. amounts. It's like you can't put little band aids on these holes. These are like plant pot level holes that you, we're trying to fill up, and there's so much to put in, and we're taking on more and more water, and we're not even getting back to where we were before. When you talk about a rebuild, it means that you go yeah. back to like way above like you know your lowest point. We're not even like treading water to retain our low point. We are falling and falling and falling right here. Like yeah. eighth is almost optimistic based on that performance based on the fact that we came up against a team that had just been promoted and like has uh, nine of those players were making their Premier League debuts. Yeah. We had a load of people that had 100 plus appearances for Arsenal and they didn't even look up for the game. How can that's you be thing, up, not up for a game when you've not played for so long? You should be that's itching Arteta. to get back on the pitch. That's, that comes from Arteta though. He sets the tone. He sets the team out. Like, I'm sorry, but like to be that naive and let Brentford, as, as soon as Brentford got their backs up in that game, as soon as they got on top, they were always going to do damage to us because the, the fans are back in the stadium now. It's going to be even yeah. harder for Arteta. I spoke to you yesterday and I said he's going to have it harder this season than he did last season because there's no fans. Imagine how toxic it's going to be at Chelsea if we go 1-0 down in the first 20 minutes. Like, imagine that. Is it a then, home game? It's a home game, yeah. And we've got 60,000 people as well. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And Ch- Chelsea look good. Like, you know, the Champions League winners, they're in good form. They beat us in pre-season. Oh, I believe like, they won their game today 3-0 or 3-1. They 3-0 Crystal Palace, yeah. I think. So, you know, that they they can challenge this season. And I I don't think we really possess... I know we beat them twice last season in games which, you know, they did matter to an extent, but they weren't like make-or-break games like for Chelsea. So, you know, we might pull it out of the hat again and win but it's it's just going to paper over the cracks like the the games you want to be winning are the are these Brentford games because they're the games that we realistically should be winning you should win every one of these games and the Chelsea you games to, to get you can you, they're, you know in a regular season they're 50-50 when we when we can compete against them they're 50-50 because there's such fine margins and quality players that can go either way but the way that Arsenal at the moment it's like a 1-5 in five against the top teams a 1-6 in six win and sometimes it's not even that yeah, I saw um, an infographic for one of these statistics companies that publishes stats on where they thought, uh, like what the amount of points that they thought clubs would get and where they'd come. And it has us with the fifth strongest squad in the team. And A, that's wrong. We don't. And B, like, we've never been further from the top four. So even if we were to come fifth, yeah. it's... There's no, the Champions League is the only important thing. That's the one that gets you the clout, that gets the players yep. and gets you the money and everything else. It's something you build on and you stay, you're more likely yeah. to stay in the Champions League once you're in it. I don't feel like it's almost fair to call it a big six anymore. It's a big four because Tottenham and Arsenal have fallen off compared to the other four. Yeah, they have. And the top four clubs have, bar maybe Liverpool, they've got Canate and it's you know not the biggest deal in yeah. the world, but they've all strengthened a lot. But Liverpool year. got a good manager though. That's they do. The they can, and they can, they can get the most out of what they've got. They can challenge because of their manager. That Liverpool, is the big difference. I mean, Chelsea have got Lukaku coming in. They've signed yeah. big players. Man U have got Varane and they've got Sancho coming right. in. Man City have got Grealish. They're probably going to get Kane. The gap has never been wider. In Look at our marquee signing. Ben fucking White. Couldn't even get in the England team for the Euros. Didn't even play He was in the England team. Minute. No, but he didn't play any games. No, he mate. was there. He was that's, in the that's squad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's not in the team. That's in the squad, mate. It's a big difference. Right. 
And it's Brighton's probably. I think I'm hearing stuff about him being their third choice centre back and stuff. That's what Brighton fans were saying. Like, fuck. Like, and we're spending fifty million though. Like, like, it it fucks me. Varane for forty three million, and we're spending fifty. Yeah, but Varane wouldn't come to Arsenal. I know. I'm not saying that, but for fifty million, we're selling Willock for twenty two million, and we're buying Ben White for fifty. Like that should just show you how fucked our transfer policies are, and what we're trying to do with this team. Like. I don't want to. I don't even want to go into it. The man. point is, what I was trying to make though is that it's top four bust, and if we're gonna come up against four good clubs, then you need to hope that one of yeah. those has like, well, you rely on one of those having a like a a complete explosion, and their manager gets fired. You know, like a. Do you remember the season that Chelsea won, and then the following time they came like tenth or something, and Mourinho got yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah. You need a club, at least one, to have a crazy one like that, and then you need to beat all of the rest. You need to beat the Everton's. Yeah, you need exactly. to beat the Spurs, the Leicester's, the Aston Villas. That. Even with that now, I don't think we would get a top four because we will not beat the Leicesters, mm-hmm. the Tottenham's, the West Ham's, the Aston Villas, um, and we've we've not we've I could kind of understand if we were recruiting to make sure that we were the fifth club and we were coming a couple of points off the top four every time to make sure that we yeah. were all up in there. So if anyone like we catch anyone slipping, we're there. But we're not. We haven't built for that. I don't think there's many players on this team that are top six quality anymore. I see Tierney, I see Smithrow, I see Saka, I see good versions of Alba, I see good version of Laka. I don't yeah. see that m- at Partey. I don't see that many others. No, I, 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 it's a weird one because in a way I agree with what you're saying, but in a way I really don't because I think we haven't got top six players with this manager. But I honestly believe we've definitely got top six players with a good manager. So who like, do you think could be could get into the top six with a good manager? Who who requires better drilling? What, so who's who's not a top what, six player at what, the moment? Yeah, what saying? players would become top six under a good manager? Um, I'm trying to think. There's obviously a lot of players. Like the players in the team yesterday. So we are we going from the start on eleven yesterday, right? What does anyone like? Because there's club. a few people missing that we'll get to see the conspiracy yeah. after that. So, so Tierney's obviously top, <laughs> top six. Four. Above. He's top four. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, we're just going top six at this point, right? Okay. So. Lukonga didn't look out of place at the moment, but it's his first game, so it's hard to tell. I'm excited he about quality. him. He looked quality yesterday. I'll He's got honest. a good head on his shoulders as well. I really um, like his professionalism. Pepe, in terms of his goals and assists, you'd have to say the top six player. Yeah. Easily. Smith Rowe, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I think it's too soon to say Martinelli's a top six player at this point. I would say no at the moment. No at this point. Saka, obviously. Martinelli um, really didn't affect the game yesterday. But that that's it, really. Like, t- top six. But, like... I do feel like when you have players such as, you know, Xhaka's in the right systems can definitely be top six quality. Like you've got players like, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang that in the right system with a good manager. Well, they should be. be They come for top four money. But they're playing for a a rookie manager that's out of his depth. No, but that's on them if they can't perform. It's not just They're not the young players though. They're the senior senior. They should be carrying the team. How many times have you seen it? Like look at Frank Lampard, what happened to him last season, right? Was got sacked at ninth or tenth in the league with the same players. Tunchal came in and won the Champions League and got men's top four. You can't tell me that that's what I'm talking about when it comes to managers, right? You can say that players can be only be so good, but in the wrong system with no trust in their manager. Yeah, you can say that attitude and application could be better for sure. But players these days, are modern players, need a manager they can believe in, a system they believe in, and they need to believe when they're on the pitch that they're going to go out there and win. And I believe that a lot of these Arsenal players don't believe it because they just 
it, you're inspired from the top. It's like any workplace. If your manager is shit, your your team is more likely to be shit. Like I'm sorry, it's anything in life. That's fair enough. Like I agree with that. So, I I I think it's even unfair to say which players are top four, top six. I think some of them are quite obvious that you can tell because they could get bigger moves in a few years if we continue down this road. But certain players, it's hard to tell until you have a quality manager. Until you have a top six manager, how do you know if you've got top six players? That's what I'm saying. I think that there's levels, though. Um, I think there is a change in performance, but for players like Lacroix and Alba that were signed to be world-class players, it shouldn't be so dramatic that you go from being a top four player to a bottom five player. Yeah, I mean... No, I, I agree to an extent. I think that obviously they're experienced and they should be performing better. But I'm, I don't want to harp on about the same point, but like, what about Arteta inspires you to play? I also haven't got the good? vibe that they're actually disaffected and disillusioned by him. I think they back him. They just don't perform. I don't, I don't really believe they do, though. I feel like they, they don't want to anger the Arsenal fans. They want to pick up their wages. I honestly feel like if you... Because it's pretty you open, sat, like... If you sat... No, but... but Against Emery, sat, though, they were open about it, basically. No, but if you sat Aubameyang and Lacazette in a room, right, and you told them that no one will ever find out and you've got to be 100% honest, do you think Arteta is the right man to lead Arsenal forward? They would both tell you no. I'm 100%. I'd put that on everything, that they'd tell you that. I don't know. That No one believes this guy. You can't. Like, every... Probably, you know, maybe 1% or 2% of Arsenal fans still believe in this guy. But vast majority now. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, I was one of the first ones to say this, but, like, before a lot of people, I was Arteta out, like, a long time ago. Like, I, I kind of sat at the fence a little bit towards the beginning of the season because I thought, right, he needs a bit of time. He needs his first full season. But a third to halfway through the season last season, I was I was, I was, was done with him and I wouldn't have gone. And I know you hadn't reached that stage now, but I guarantee you're very close to that or you are Arteta out. I'm just not interested in just, like... As soon as I get emotional about something, just going X Y Z person out. Like it's just such a meme at this point. I wanna. Nah. I'd rather make a more nuanced decision than just yes or no. Like and not be so absolute. Now you're an idiot for that then. I'm not happy with how we are right now, and I spent we spent the first 19 minutes of this podcast talking about we're not happy. Yeah. I just don't want to be holding the signs up outside the Emirates every time something doesn't go my way. I'd rather like. No, but I'd rather do some searching myself and see what's up. That doesn't change anything, though, Jamie. It doesn't, like, but it, you. But at the same time, you can't right, just scream listen, and scream right. after a, it, a match doesn't go your way. Let me put it black and white for you. Let me put it black and white for you. Cause you're trying to you're, shit, right? you're, listen, you're assuming I'm not on your listen, side on this. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just going to ask you a question. I'm not. I'm not going to disrespect you. I'm not going to say anything like that. Right. Black and white. Yeah. Can Arteta get top four or top six this season? Yes. Top or no? four? Absolutely not. Top six. It's looking unlikely right now. So, and both of those, by, listen, both of listen, those listen. fall below my expectations yeah. for Arsenal football. So, club. how are you not Arteta out? I'm not Arteta in. So, no, so you're believing? I don't so believe he's the right man for the job. Yeah, but you're not Arteta out. That's the most stupid thing ever. I'm not not Arteta out. I'm just not the type of person to react emotionally like that. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not the type of person that's gonna go to the Emirates and hold up signs and Arteta out. Because, you know, there's a thing called mental health. And like even though he's in a job where you've got to expect criticism, I'm not a horrible person. 
like and I'm not going to abuse him like or he, as well, a it's person not about abuse. It's, a, it's a, not a person about abuse. he's a great person but he's a shit manager and there's nothing wrong with saying that he is like <laughs> there's nothing you can say the that thing is though the, you can him. only sack someone at the end of the season or right. like 10 games in you can't sack someone one game into a season no I'm not saying that's going to happen but what the point I'm trying to make is he should never have made it to this season and there's there's been like oh yeah but let's back him or let's be positive no if if I didn't want him to be at this club and I don't see him going any forward I don't care if it's the first game of the season or the 35th game of the season I want him out and I'm not going to campaign again get him out I'm just going to if someone asks me my opinion on Arteta I'm going to say I don't think he's good enough I want him out it's as simple as that I'm not one of these toxic people that's going to fucking start ripping seats up at the Emirates and start fucking throwing them on the pitch and screaming at Arteta I'm not that kind of person I'm not that way inclined but He's not good enough, and it's simple. Like vast majority of Arsenal fans agree with that, yeah. and I'm not. I'm not being emotional. I mean, you can say there's uh, emotion. When involved, I say emotional, I don't mean that. violent. I just mean I just I like I don't just want to say this this this. I've said what I think. It doesn't have to be Arteta so out. No, so you. But I do have said similar Arteta out without saying it. Basically, I I don't think right now that we're going to see a massive renaissance in the team. I. No, because you've just said that you don't think we're getting top four or top six. So I don't. What's the point in persisting with mediocre managers then? I'm fine with him going. Okay, so you are Arteta out basically then, but you just don't want to be like one. You don't want to be seen as like a sheep or something, so you're not going to say. No, it. it's nothing to do with being sheep. It kind of is. It's though. not as bad now as it you was think you're too at cool, the basically. That's no. Listen to what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not as bad now. As it yeah. was at the tail end of Emery's reign. And the reason I haven't shifted is because I don't see smoke uh, nah, to associate the fire is within the team. And I'm more worried about how the team feel about it than me sitting on the sidelines. So can I just say to you quickly, so when you're like, it's not as bad as the end of Emery's reign. So you know that time when we were, last season, when we were like 13 or 14 games in and we had like 13 or 14 points and we're 15th or 16th in the league. Somewhere we never were with Emery. And so we were how- both Arteta out at that point in time. We, I don't believe you were, actually, I'll be honest. I remember us talking so, on Call of Duty, talking about Arteta at that point. But what I'm trying to allude to is that you can't just like forget that happened and now be like, oh, it's never got as bad as Emery. Like, that's what you were trying to say a minute ago. That was, yeah, but uh, that wasn't as long a time. And we were both Arteta at that point. And then um, after the Christmas I period... I never changed since then. I know. Um, but I just want to weigh up both sides. There is yeah, there on. is a league table from Christmas or something like that. Yeah. That has us third in the league. And so that does suggest it. improvement. It may, no, but the, see, you can twist stats to make it look good whichever way you fucking want. The The harsh truth is that we finish eighth. We finish way below which we should have. Our manager's shit. And this, this fucking after Christmas stat means shit. The pressure's off. We should be winning games because we've got nothing to play for. Therefore, the pressure's on all the other teams. And that's why we were winning games. Because we had nothing to fucking play for at all. But I want to get into actually the game itself. And actually, you know, we've we've spoke a lot about, obviously, players we don't think are good enough. And, you know, the manager, we've spoke about that a lot. But I actually want to go into the games and like how we conceded our goals. Because one thing that was decent last season, I think we were third best defence in the league. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was just a freak. In terms stat. of low goals conceded, we were. Yeah, so I don't know if that's like a, a freak stat or we just got lucky. But judging yesterday, the two goals we conceded, it is concerning that our defense is going to get even worse than. Well, 
our defense was a strong point last season, and now I feel like it's going to turn into a weak point, and we can have an even worse season. So, like judging by the first goal, like Callum Chambers is, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's that's that goal's totally his fault. You've like yeah, the ball might have gone out of play when he kicked it away, but you know we played on. He's not tight enough to the winger, and then he just lets him shoot, and then it's like oh no, it's gone in. Like yeah. Leno is both not at fault Chambers for that. and Leno are at fault for that one. I don't see the thing is with me is. I don't blame Leno. Like I'm not Leno's biggest fan, and I will criticise Leno for a goal. But I actually don't think he's at fault for that goal. I'll be uh, honest. I think, I think it's you totally changed. Always have your near post covered. But I do feel like it, because the shot came through Chambers' legs and Chambers blocked most of the view. I think you've got to have like millisecond reactions, and I don't think that's a mistake. I think well, Leno the very, is supposed very, to be a very shot best, stopper. Yeah, but I think the very, very, very best keepers in the world have like a twenty percent chance of saving that shot. I don't think that... No, I disagree. I mean, you, you're entitled to your opinion, but it's a poor goal to concede, basically. Both it's, of them were, mate. Honestly, they were both no, avoidable. The second, the That's second the one, thing. The second one, I, I nearly switched off. Like, I, I was that <laughs> fucked off. No, but you're watching that shit. Like, and this is where I will criticise Leno for the second goal. Is Right, it's a long throw-in. Like, you know, Stoke have dicked us over the years doing it, right? And, you know, modern day, in the last five years, we haven't had it too bad, right? But Leno, everyone knows that Leno's weak. And weak in the air, yeah. physically weak, right? Yes, that attacker defender, that tall cunt that was <laughs> Brentford's player, is holding on to Leno. But Leno's being a bitch about it. He's letting him do it. Like uh, how hard some is people it to just would shrug say that off? that could have been disallowed. I don't give a shit. It was weak, and I think I, we deserve to concede that goal because of how pathetic and spineless that defending was from that throw. Like. Yeah, Leno might be getting held, but like, look at the defenders. Look at the runs from the Brentford players that we're not picking up. We're just weak. and th- I, w- This is what I'm sick at with this Arsenal team. And, you know, in years gone by, is that we always look to blame the fucking ref. Or we always blame, oh, they didn't. Like, the Mustafi we holding his hand we're up pathetic. at the Man City League Cup springs yeah. to mind. Like, we need to deal with our shit. You wouldn't catch fucking Thomas Tuchel, Chelsea, or... Pep Guardiola's Man City bitching and crying about goals they conceded because they're not weak. They're teams that win and they know how to win. And if they conceded that goal, they'll be like, yeah, okay, we conceded the goal. It was a bit shit. But they get back on it. We just take... We're emotional. We're an emotional team. And, like, you saw how much Leno was crying. Like, get on with it, you dick. Do better next time. But, I don't know. Fucks me off. That was a rookie goal to concede. They both were bad goals to concede. And we had chances. We did. We had Pepe's near post shot, which was not that dissimilar to the goal we conceded, really. It was a good save. Uh, Consider we tried to buy the goalie at one point. It's kind of a a sad one. (laughs) Um, Balogun could have turned and shot. It was was a good bit of defending that also is sometimes a penalty. Yeah, but again, like. But again, like, I I understand when your default answer is, yeah, but you can't count on that. And I agree with that. But it's still worth talking about. I'm not sure I get that. Smith Rowe had a good shot. It was yeah, actually that t- I would that say that Smith Rowe was the best player on our team today. Yeah, so there's three players for me that stood out. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure you could say stood out, but two players but didn't uh, sorry, hide. three play three, yeah, three players that can have their head relatively held high. And one of them's always going to be Tierney because I mean, you know, not You can see the frustration the on his face. Because he's 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 always going for it. He's always, you know, he rarely makes a mistake and he's always trying to win, right? He's a warrior, you can tell. He tucks his shirt and he's a don, right? <laughs> Smith Rowe, obviously, that's you know, um, it's it's a given. Like Smith Rowe's 
our creative player. He's our spark. He was he was really good yesterday. He, you know, he he could have he could have scored his chance, but you know that turn and that play, and he he just energetic. He was all over the pitch. He was on the left wing. He was in the ten position. He was on the right wing. Wherever the ball needed to be, he was there. Um, and Lokonga, I think Lokonga had a really good game as well. I think he was he was energetic. He he covered Jacker a lot of the time, and I think he just he was the apart from Smith Rowe, he was the one player like in and around the midfield where Brentford found it hard to pick him up, and he didn't lose the ball often, and he didn't really like pass backwards often either. He'd turn and go forward a lot of the time. I think it's also worth mentioning though with that is that he wasn't the guy who Brentford came to murder. Because whenever Xhaka no, got the ball, they sprung into action yeah. with the press. And but the thing is, when you're Xhaka, you like all your Chambers or your Mary, you mark yourself out by just being slow on the ball. But he and did so have... they get. See, Lukonga wouldn't have been like challenging the same way because they knew that he could probably have dealt with it. Which is credit to him anyway. But he was pressed a but lot. No, when he near was like Xhaka. But I've, I remember at least three or four occasions in that game where he was pressed in tight situations. He got out of them. Like so, I'm not gonna say that you know Jack had more, but maybe it always looked worse on Xhaka because Xhaka is slower no honestly like and they 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 came in with the plan of whenever Xhaka gets the ball swarm yeah but you would though yeah judging by his because, previous yeah. you have to but um and uh, and I'm really excited about the transfer I just want to say that there was different levels of press on both of them yeah no I get that but I mean it was just you can only you can only go off what you see you know and I think that you know you can say oh yeah Brentford could have pressed him more but what he did do he did well yeah Um, I want to run through some of the players go on so I want to talk about Ben White first. Ben White, yeah, go ahead. So I don't want to judge someone on one game, so that's not what I'm going to do, but no, we no, still no. may as well say what we thought. And um, the reason that we bought Ben White is because he's great on the ball and he fits what Arteta's style is. And you were saying, that, yeah. oh, why are we spending £50 million on this player? I completely echo those thoughts. But Rob Holding isn't an Arteta player because he's not that good on the ball. Um, he's, he's a great Might for be a better a, defender, though. <laughs> he's, um, he's great for a lower te- like bottom 10 team, but not a top 10 team, because there's different sort mm-hmm. of styles of play that you can go on the attack versus cover your defence and stuff like that. Rob Holding's a more old-school defender. And didn't mean to bring him into this, but it's just worth mentioning the difference in play style. And so you yeah. don't buy Ben White because he's Ben White. You buy him because he brings a different side to your defence. That means you can go and be more dynamic from defence to offence and... That's the reason that yeah. you'd assume you, you, you go crazy with the 50 mil on someone when we've got talent in other players. It's about he's a different style of player. Um, uh-huh. That style of play today ended up being fairly poor in the air and he was also way too easily beaten for a shot by Mbwemo in the first half. But again, yeah. I don't think he should be judged on one game. He will hopefully gel with the squad better. Hopefully he'll be better than with Gabriel. He wasn't yeah, helped was by Mary just having a terrible game, in my opinion, yesterday. Mary was the biggest liability on the pitch, in my opinion, and he was just nowhere he's, where he needed he to be. As, he didn't he have as, the pace. He as was bad as Ben White, though. I thought they well. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm just being nice because he's a new signer. But I thought Mary yeah. was poor. I think most of our players were, but I mean, yeah. If we're specifically talking about Ben White, I think that you know, as debuts go, it wasn't his greatest one. He obviously had a very physical striker up there with him in Ivan Tony. Um, well, we've got Chelsea gonna... next week, mate. You better be ready Lukaku. for that. Lukaku, Lukaku, though, that's the, that's the one. How, how long's Gabriel out for? I think he was at the Olympics. So is, is it just a fitness thing? Because I haven't checked if he well, Martinelli started. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But the thing is with Gabriel is that Gabriel would have dealt a lot better with Tony because Gabriel's obviously he's very strong um, and he, he he's very physical and he can deal with he can deal with players like Tony. But because you had two centre-backs that don't really like a fight and aren't really very physical 
you had him just pick of the bunch. He could literally bully who he wanted. Whereas when you got someone like Gabriel, Gabriel might go with Tony. He, you know what I mean? Like he would have he would have put one on him a few times, and and then you, you you don't get as much hype after doing something good like Tony kept doing yesterday. Yeah. So Gabriel. I think Ben White needs to be with someone else physical. I mean, you've seen it a lot where you, there's there's a more physical of the centre-backs and there's a more ball-playing one. You know, it happened with David Luiz where David Luiz, when he played with Gabriel, it was it was, it was was normally a good match because Gabriel, Gabriel would do all the physical stuff and David Luiz would spray the ball about and it would work quite well. But when you have two players that are weak and can't really do much physically, it's not a good mi- max. Max? Mix. Okay. <laughs> Not a good match. Yeah, I want to move on to Pepe because um, he had a good shot save, but he wasn't that effective. But again, it's worse for Martinelli to have the same game than Pepe because Martinelli has really good support from Tierney and Pepe doesn't have that from Chambers. So it's it's more difficult to go, oh, Pepe had a good game. But it's like, well, well, you've got to take on the right winger and the right back. You've got to be pretty excellent to do the same job that Martinelli only had to do taking on. Or, you know, yeah. I mean the left back, sorry, and then Marcelo taking on the right back. It's not the same. Um, and he had a good shot saved. It's unfortunate. Yeah, that I mean, I'd say seven to eight times out of ten in the Premier League, that shot that he he had would have gone in. It was a ridiculously good save. I remember watching it live and being like, "Fuck, that was actually a really good save." Like I wanted to watch it again on the replays and stuff. But the thing I'd say about Pepe as well is that like Pepe is a very He's not a very risk-averse player. So, like, when Pepe plays, like, he loses the ball probably on average more than, say, a player like Martinelli. But he will, he's way more likely to create something because he he will take on two players at once. Or he will at least try it. And, you know, two times out of three, it doesn't come off. But that third chance, if it does come off, he's in a great position. Whereas watching Martinelli yesterday, I don't want to hate him. He's played a lot of football and he probably wasn't expecting to start. And it's, you know, it's just the first game of the season so you can't get too reactionary. But Martinelli played very safe yesterday. And he doesn't like to run at players very often from what I noticed. He's definitely a striker. He's not a winger. I know that he's said in the past his best position is left wing. But it is a stupid decision. And while we're on this whole like wingers and strikers sort of chat, right? One thing I noticed yesterday which baffled absolutely baffled me with Arteta's selection right was that we had a recognized striker in Balogun on the pitch right so Balogun um gets subbed I'm trying to remember who he got subbed for at the time actually it just slipped my mind he basically he got subbed for Saka right I think yeah or, or a winner I, I think so yeah. Saka, and, Saka came Saka on and towards N- the end of the game yeah. so Saka and Nelson came on right as wingers right and what we had we had Pepe playing down the middle I've got modelled up with my substitutions, but basically we no, didn't we have did a that last sh- year as well. At the end we, of last we didn't have a recognised striker, though, a but a ridiculously stupid decision, right? When you're trying to get back in the game, you take off your only striker and you you play wingers up top. It I I I find it baffling. Um, I don't know why we did it. Like we took off. I'm not saying that, but like have another option, like. Or like I, I just don't get it. It made no sense. I think what they did was I think they sub Balogun for even Nelson or Saka. I think Saka. Then Saka went to the left. Pepe was on the right, and then they had um. Who did they have down the middle? I kind of forgot. I'm basically like fucked up this point that I'm trying to make. But it's basically that you thought Martinelli should be stuck at nine. Yeah, but like, I mean, they, he did move Martinelli in the nine position for about ten, fifteen minutes, and then he got subbed. So. It was it, it was just a strange situation. Like I don't know why 
His subs never make sense to me. A lot of the time, they're terrible. Like that—that's the big thing for me. Like it's sometimes it's not even the team he picks. His in-game management is terrible, and it has been for a while. When's the last time Arteta made a sub and you thought, "Fuck, that was a good decision," not or often. he's done that at the right time? Not, not at all. You don't—you can't be taught these things. You either have them or you don't. You don't develop these over time either. You have that sixth sense because every football game is different and circumstances happen. But good managers react quickly, and Arteta is the worst manager at reacting to something happening on the pitch. Yeah, the last like, player I want to talk about is Balogun. And yeah, I think it's fair to say he struggled, but I can't really hold that against him. I'm really pleased that he got to play and start a game, to be honest, just because I think we were all hoping. And, you know, if he grabs two goals that game, he's an instant legend like Rashford, you know, yeah, when he yeah. made a name for himself scoring against us. So, you know, I hope that he uses this experience because it seemed like he was getting dominated by the defenders a little bit and he was struggling to make his it's presence really know. He, you know, if he'd scored the turn and shoot, it's crazy. Yeah. And it was a good bit of control to get him in that position at turn. Um, you know, it was a bit, little bit like boys playing as men, but you grow into a game and I hope that he grows into the season. I don't know how long Nketiah, Alba and Lack will be out. So he maybe will have another chance to do stuff. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, but he'll play a... Uh, in front of Balogun if he comes back. Fucking he also had a pretty good preseason, in all fairness. Don't give a fuck. So, you know, I don't hold anything against him. I'm glad that he got to start an Arsenal game. Yeah, no, me too. It was like, Arteta never would have done it if it wasn't for the Aubameyang Lacazette situation, but it was good to see. Um, it's just unfortunate that it happened in a, a game that we were as poor as we were. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he didn't get served. And this, I, I feel like this happens a lot of our strikers. And I'm not trying to like give Aubameyang excuses for his poor runs of form or anything like that. He had a like, terrible preseason as well, Aubameyang. I'm worried. Yeah, he, he actually really did. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But literally, like, I feel like our strikers just don't get a lot of service. Like, I, I feel like all our play comes down Tierney just whipping it. Yeah. Like either shooting or like our wingers get a lot more service, like way more service than our strikers do, and it, it's it's backwards for me. Yeah. Like your striker's got to be the person that gets the most chances well, it's in like the game. Nagelsmann, when he was at, um, I believe it was Hoffenheim, yeah. that some of their their training, what he'd do is they'd play on this diamond-shaped pitch where no. the corners, the, the quarter of the corner would be completely cut off. So they'd have to go down towards the middle because it would get smaller and narrower and narrower until the goal. So they'd play on these pitches that force them to go in the middle and the middle is statistically more likely to lead to goal-scoring opportunities than out wide, the average chance. And so they they got used to just finding tiny bits of space because obviously it was more packed towards the middle. Um, and so when they'd get into games, they were just naturally really good at getting into positions that they'd get central opportunities. And Nagelsmann helped, like he got the Champions League places or Hoffenheim. And we are very insistent on whipping these balls in from, from out wide. And that can work. I'm not saying it's not like a strategy that works. And I'm also, who am I to tell like actual football employees, full-time professionals yeah. what to do? But we seem to be so against like ever going central. And we've had a lot mm -hmm. of success going central. Even when Smith Rowe made yeah. a central run, it ended up with a shot. And we yeah. are too left focused. And it's so predictable now to just cover Tierney and you're safe. Yeah. No, and that's, that's the thing. Like, you you saw how clueless we were when we went when we went down our right yesterday. It's either Pepe has to do it all against two two players, or <laughs> or, or it, it or it goes to Tierney. And then like Tierney's obviously the better outlet because we we do attack better down our left purely because Tierney's a much better full, attacking fullback than Chambers. Well, I mean he's a better fullback full stop period like at everything, but 
Yeah, we, we're too predictable. Like Teams know how to play against us. Like All you've got to be is physical against Arsenal, press us, and you pretty much win. You don't even need to be that good. Like it, It's sad like how easy we are to beat. Like When you consider teams of the past, like we would, you know, there'd be times where we were a bit weak and you could bully us, but we would play the fuck out of you. You know, we might lose three two, but like we would absolutely like dominate the ball and we'd play great. Like the long gone are the days that we've lost all our flair and we are bullied. Like we don't even have one or the two. Like we just get bullied constantly with this Arteta team. And I can just see it getting worse next week against Chelsea and then Man City the week after. I just yeah, we we could be in a relegation strap, scrap, and that's not, and that's, I I don't want to like be too reactionary. And be like, I don't oh, think we're going to be in a relegation. But we, no, I mean, like, when I talk about relegation strap, I don't think like come 30, 35 games in the season we're going to be like scrapping for relegation. But I'm talking like in the first ten to fifteen games of the season, I think we're going to be near the relegation places. That's basically what I mean. I'm not saying like a scrap, scrap, but I mean like we're going to be floating near relegation for like the first two to three months of the season I, I think I mean we're not going to get points against City or Chelsea so yeah we're going to lose until both the third games. game I mean yeah it's not good I've said what I want to say about the game I've got yeah. a few other talking points I want to get through yeah yeah so I'm sure you've seen the lovely Visit Rwanda signs on the side of the kit I that need. deal, that alleged controversial deal, because some people are saying that it's Arsenal sports washing a, a bad regime. Apparently he's done good things, but he's also done bad things. I don't know. I haven't done my research. I don't have an opinion. Yeah. Anyways, that deal came about because the president, Paul Gagami, I presume that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I just butchered the pr- pr- pronunciation of your name. Please uh, let me come to Rwanda for free. And he's sent out a few tweets because he is instrumental in this deal with Arsenal going ahead because he's such a big Arsenal fan. So the yep. president tweeted out, what? Question mark, question mark. It's football. It's a loss of Arsenal at to Brentford. Brentford to win, deserve to win. And they did. The game itself aside, Arsenal and the fans don't deserve to get to kind of get used to this. No exclamation marks. I say this as one of the big fans of Arsenal. The change has taken too long to come. Second tweet. It's been a struggle about decades of ups and downs, more downs until this point. Can't we have a plan that really works? Question marks. One part to look at is how we deal in the market. Players we buy to execute the plan. The touch and go mentality does not bring change. Third tweet. We just must not excuse or accept mediocrity. It sounds like something we're saying, like the whole thing is. A team has to be built. A team has to be built with purpose to win, win, win. So that when we lose... It was not to be expected. I am sure we all know on whose shoulders the heaviest burden rests. I hope they know too or even accept it. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like an Arsenal fan. He's <laughs> all like us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm sure he is. Like, This is I, a diplomatic I, issue how poorly we're playing at the moment. Mate, this, this is an international relations crisis. Yeah, I mean, we... What else more can you say like that? As Arsenal fans, like who doesn't agree with that? Like, I don't really see what other alternative there is at the moment. Then I'm not trying to say like, oh, let everyone be negative, but like, what do we have to be positive about? No, I moment? also don't believe in like like averting and like shying your eyes away from the truth, and yeah. that is the truth. Yeah, it is. You have to and confront the negative rather know, than being know, delusional. 
Look, you know things are going bad when your sponsors are trying to mug you off. <laughs> when right? the president's mugging you off. That's like Trump going like, oh, the Lakers are shit. <laughs> Mate, it literally like, like we're, we're turning into Tottenham Hotspur. Like I remember when Dulux mugged Tottenham off and they were their official paint sponsor. Yeah. And it was something about their trophy room, like giving it a lick of paint, but it being empty. Something along them lines, right? Bants. Right. But we're going to, and Jamie Carragher said it yesterday. And he said that, like, everyone, Arsenal fan called it a Spursy, like, you know, bottling it and being shit. We, we call it a Spursy. Like, it's very much going to turn into us being that kind of club soon if we don't sort our shit out. You're like, we'll never be as bad as Tottenham, let's be real. But in terms of, like, the big boys, we won't sit at that table. Like, I mean, we're not sitting at the table currently. Like, we're not even in the room at the moment. But to get through the door and start to walk over to that table, we, we need to fucking improve massively. And it ain't happening anytime soon. Like, football's changed. You need your owners to invest. And I'm not trying to hate on the Cronkies, but, like, 80 million is not enough at the moment for this team. I mean, I, I would be scared They haven't put 80 to... million into the club, by the way. No, but I'm saying they I'm put talking 15 about million I, in in 10 years. I don't care. I'm just literally just saying about money spent, right? Yeah, they've been saying like 80 million. I don't care about that, right? And what I'm trying to say is 80 million on transfers is for this team at the moment is trash. Like, no, this is we this need requires, at least 300 million. This is a 300 million job, it is, but it also requires a manager that can handle that. And I'll say to can't if you gave Klopp 300 million, we'd be in the we'd Champions be, League. We'd be title challengers. And I, what two, I also want to say is two, that three years. I think that um, in the next few years, it won't even be a big four like we said before with you know the uh-huh. big six minus Arsenal and yeah. Tottenham. I think it will be a big three and I think Liverpool would drop out of it because I don't, like Klopp won't be there forever and they're not spending in the same way that City, Manu and Chelsea can. I think and I think that on... it will become those three of the major three and then one of us fights for fourth place. I think it depends on the managers as well because I I do feel like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer it can't it isn't as good a manager as Thomas Tuchel or Pep Guardiola. No, so, but they are so financially blessed that it's okay. Yes, but at the same time, I still don't think that they're going to challenge properly until they get a world class manager. No, but they'll be and the top three potentially. But if you if Liverpool do well with their next manager, then it, they might not be the top three. But they have I to outperform on average because they have less yeah, money. of course. So but the pressure's on. Managers, Overall, it will be the top three. Klopp's been doing that since he came. He won the Premier League for them. He won the Yeah, and you Champions can't... For them that can't happen forever. But it can't. I'm not saying specifically... With you don't Klopp, hire like, 10 Klopp's in a row with a 100% success rate. No, of course you don't. But, you know, things can happen. Like, there's a reason why... Liverpool are where they are. There's a reason why Leicester, despite their budget, are where they are because they. But they will never consistently challenge those big three clubs over ten, twenty years. Yeah, but Arsenal have only done that for like twenty years. Like we've only had like a a twenty year period where we were consistently doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and we've um, we've we don't have the Champions League money now, and we don't have um, owners. Yeah, that want to. We don't have the owners I want to spend. And so we may, I mean, we're falling, 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 falling further, further away from being yeah. able to get back to the levels because the way that the money's increasing every year in the Champions League and the TV revenue and stuff, and the fact that we don't have access to as much of that because you get more TV revenue based on where yeah. you finish in the season, the gap financially has got more and more. We used to be one of the top five, top four, maybe, highest income teams in the world in 
you know the 2000 and early yeah. 2010s i think we've now dropped out of the top 10 with tottenham making up the 10th spot so they've caught up with us on revenue so it's not like oh we're a big club we just spend the money poorly we yeah. don't have the same money anymore and so it's difficult now more and more so to get back to where we were because we don't have that old school financial muscle to get back in that these other clubs have yeah no i i, I agree with that and i think that I've always said it, the longer you're out of the Champions League, the harder it will be to get back in it. It's been five or six years, and I don't see any quick fixes. I think we've got, like you said with the whole money situation, this is why I'm saying to you we need a world-class manager, because as far as our finances go in investment, we're not going to get into the top four. But a manager like Antonio Conte could get you into the top four because they're such a good manager. That's the difference. I don't give a fuck about 50 million on Ben White. I don't give a fuck about, you know, particular transfers. The most important fucking transfer we can make is a world-class manager. And, also, like, I know that we're, we're not really considered a big club anymore, but historically we are. And no one can chat shits to say we're not, right? I'm telling you there's managers out there... Far better than Arteta that if we actually went for and paid them their wages, they would come in and they would transform Arsenal. And you could not fucking tell me otherwise. Yes, we might fuck up once or twice, but ultimately we'll get a right one and we'll start to challenge. We fucked up with Emery. We fucked up with Arteta. Get a Conte in and we will start fucking getting to the top four and maybe in two or three years we'll start to challenge. There's so much Deadwood and needs to go. Yeah, but a good manager gets rid of them. Well, that's not but for the manager, it's weak, for the director mate. of football. It's not just Edu. I'm, I'm sick. I, I was commenting on YouTube videos earlier and everyone's blaming Edu's recruitment and all this sort of stuff. The manager has a big fucking say in this. Everyone's blaming Edu. And look, I'm not saying Edu's perfect. He's done anything good really since he's come. But you can't just blame him. Arteta's big influence in that. He has... Don't in think that way? Edu just like, oh no, I'm... What well, he talks to fucking Arteta all the time about who he wants to bring in, who he wants to release. It's got no, nothing... but we know who's on the chopping block to be sold, and those people are not leaving the club. Yes. No, I get that, and we do need to improve in that sort of respect. But our our ins have also been poor, and not fought out, and just kind of okay. Yeah, we'll, I we'll doubt that. I doubt that's a lack of clarity on Arteta's part. I. I much more believe that it's a lack of getting right. those players in on it. Put it this way, right? Right. Laconga, fair enough. That could have come from Edu. It could have come from Arteta. I don't know, right? But you're not sitting here and telling me right now that Edu spent 50 million on Ben White. No, that's an Arteta signing. Exactly. So then that's what I'm talking about with I'm not. That has nothing to do with that. That's Arteta's man. That's his. And I think that we're going after Arteta's mm-hmm. people now. They just haven't come in, and the people that he doesn't want haven't gone out. Is on our is on Edu, not Arteta. Please, I think Arteta I will have been clear on who he wants and who he doesn't. Yeah, look, they're both p- performing under par, but you know, Edu's ones are more of a mystery mystery position where we don't really know too much about what goes on there. So yes, we can criticize him because obviously we can see what happens ultimately. But Arteta is the manager; he's the person who brings players in. He's the person who's responsible. Or what happens on the pitch there's far bigger issues there than us knowing about specifically what Edu does yeah like there's problems with our club and the hierarchy but we're not going to fix them anytime soon the things that we can fix are on the pitch and we need a new manager that can fix them that's completely fair enough 
I just want to go before we stop. I want to talk about yeah. Joe Willock. I got a couple. I no, I got one thing I want to talk about after this. But yeah, let's go okay. to Joe Willock, man. So he's gone to Newcastle. We kind of saw it was kind of on the cards, yeah. maybe kind of. I think kind of a lot because it was you know would Newcastle pay? Would they not? Was yeah. Mike Ashley going to be super stingy? Would he not? Turns out the deal was accepted. That there was uh, different stuff's been re- 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 reported. I've seen twenty-two million. I've seen they, they were vague though. They said above twenty billion. Some are saying twenty-five, but the twenty-five seems to include add-ons. There yep. is, I believe, a sell-on clause. I don't know how much, and some add-ons. But that it could be base twenty-five though. I don't know. It, yep. They're just they're, it's it's a very weird. It's in the twenties, basically. It's in the twenties. Yeah. What do you think about the money? What would you say? <sighs> See, I we spoke about this a while ago, um, and I said I'd like to sell Willock with a condition of a buyback clause. And the fact that we haven't done that, or we haven't appeared to have done that, pisses me off. Because there's so many big clubs out there that operate like big clubs that have a buyback clause on their player. And that's what we should be looking to do with players like this. Because Willock could go on and be fucking... He had a great loan spell for Newcastle. Let's get it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he could go on and be and turn into a really, really good fucking player that we would need at Arsenal. And he's an Arsenal boy through and through. Let's put it that so way. So do you like, need to buy back if you know he wants to come back? But I'm talking about to get a specific amount of money. So like, see, if we're to put in a forty to forty-five million buyback clause for Willock, he might turn into. I'm not. It's unlikely, but he could turn into a seventy-eight million midfielder. In, in the Premier League that just bangs in the goals Frank Lampard-esque probably not quite the same ability but could turn into a goal scoring midfielder that we really fucking need because we don't have any midfielders who can score goals like look I'm happy for him he's an Arsenal boy he needs some game time he needs to play if he's not going to be if Arteta's not rating him and he, he's not going to be in the team I think he would have far outlived um, Arteta at Arsenal so it's a shame that he didn't stay because I feel like under the right manager they might have been able to get something better out of him but ultimately, we are where we are. It's getting 25 million. Hopefully, we can reinvest it in a good way. Um, or it might just be covering the bullshit we did on Ben White. I don't know. But I'm happy for him. I hope. I really hope he, he does amazing for Newcastle. Um, just hopefully not against Arsenal. Um, yeah, it just never really man. works for him at Arsenal. I looked at the stats. And he did but get I'm eight goals saying... in 14 games in Newcastle. But he got one in 40 for Arsenal. Yeah. And I'm, look, and I'm not... This is what... I'm trying to lose his, like the fact of like, but if you look at them, he didn't consistently start very often. He was in and out of the team. I'm not making excuses. He wasn't good enough for Arsenal, 100. percent But there's there's no one, no Arsenal fan out there that can definitely say that he might not be good enough in the future. Yeah, but therefore selling the him difference. for the money when he's at good value is the yeah. right play. No, I agree. That is it's definitely the right decision for now. But a buyback clause negates any fucking, you know, you know like. You know, sometimes when we sell a player and we think, you know, ah, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I think we should have done it, but we might come to regret this decision in a few years. I honestly think, and, you know, if someone else takes over Newcastle, I could regret this. <laughs> but I just feel like Newcastle just love the money too much. If you offered them a decent money, they'd be like, all right, cool. Like, you know that some clubs like Leicester, you're going to get done over if you try and buy their yes. players. I feel like Newcastle are much easier to do business with if we wanted to get him back than most other clubs. Look, and, and the way that Willock's raised as Arsenal as his family and all this sort of stuff, if he t- if he does turn into that player that is, you know, becomes 
great for us that, that could be great for Arsenal then I'm sure that we'd be the first club he wants to go mm-hmm. back to for sure but we're talking about adding on a 20 30 million extra when we could have done a buyback clause cheaper I'd, and I said to you this before I would take a 5 to 10% hit on the transfer fee from Newcastle it would Newcastle be more than that though. they would have said alright we'll pay you 15 if you want him better for 45 well, maybe not forty-five, but I, we could we could negotiate a better deal. We could be savvy with it. I'm telling you, we could have. But we're we're, we're bad at negotiations. I mean, you know, I don't want to go on about Eddie and Arteta again, but we're bad at negotiations. But we could have we could have broken ourselves a lot better deal with this, in my opinion. But I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I want him to do. I really want him to do well. Yeah, it was a good amount of money for a player that wasn't going to be a starter. Yeah, for sure. And you know we 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 need to sell some players, and we need to get. I wouldn't class him as dead wood, but we need to get players out because we've brought players in. No, he was one of the least dead wood of all the players that were. Yeah, up no, for sale. that's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm not considering the dead wood, but considering how much dead wood we've got, at least we're getting rid of some players instead of zero at all, and yeah. being in financial shit situations. Go on. What's your what's your point that you want to bring? No, up? that was that was it really. To be honest, I you know it's just the whole. Wanting a buyback course for him and wishing him all the best. He's an Arsenal lad. Like I, I wished it worked out at Arsenal for him, but there's no reason, 100% why it can't work out in the future. So maybe it's a, a fair to end in the end for him. But we, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Right. Are we cool in there? I've just got. To, I want to go into this whole Alba and Lacazette oh, course, situation yesterday. Go on. Because I find it strange. Right. You've got two players. Suspicious. <laughs> unwell and it's not just, just unwell it's the fact that he said and I won't be taking any more questions about it yeah that's I, how you arouse suspicious that's how you said it was sus see I I, I don't want to like be one of them like conspiracy theorists but I, I've got <laughs> I've got a, a NLMR that, TMZ on the go yeah. <laughs> I, I think that they might have fallen out of Arteta really go on I, go on I'd expect less from Lacazette but maybe with Aubameyang's influence and his previous from like Dortmund and places like that, Ooh. I feel like there might have been a big falling out here. I've also seen today in the news that Arsenal are looking to sell Aubameyang and it's come from Sky Sports. So maybe not 100% reliable, but you know, 70-80% of the time they are quite reliable with the news they report and that we're trying to offload him. So the day that he's unwell, the next day we might be looking to sell him if you put two and two together, I think there's something not too right here. I'm not particularly that sad about it because I feel like if we've got Bamiang on 300 grand a week wages and his return for us is not 300 grand, it's barely 50. Like we need to, you know, look at selling him. He's I think he's 32 now, approaching 33. So mm-hmm. we, you know, he's not the right kind of age. He's not the right side of his prime or anything like that. So. I'm not necessarily sad if he sells, but the Lacazette one surprises me because Lacazette's always, from what I can see, has always seemed to have good attitude and he's always a team player. So if Lacazette's involved in this, um, I'm a bit confused. So, but th- he is best mates with Aubameyang, so you never know. So if I was Lacazette, I'd be a little bit irked by the constant rumours and news that Arsenal were happy to sell him. And he's got a year left, and they haven't entered into a media contract talks, which says all you need to know about that. He's not, you he's know, not two years left. He, he's got one year left. Are we talking about Lacazette or Aubameyang? We're talking about Lacazette. Oh, sorry, I thought you said Aubameyang. My apologies. Aubameyang, only today, uh, a story came out saying that Arsenal are considering selling Aubameyang. 
because he's on 300 grand a week and they are not only upset with his performance last year, but they're very worried about his performance in preseason. Yeah. And that story came out the same day that we're hearing that they're ill. That's what I said earlier, yeah. So, I hope there's no beef in the camp because I don't think we'll do very well. No offence to Balogun and Nketiah, but I think we need someone more up front than that. That you said, need experience. Yeah, you need experience. we do need experience. And they, those two players carried us a couple of years ago. And I don't think we should forget how much they've done for us. But, um, you know, ever since the Aubameyang signed the contract, he hasn't been the player that he was before. I'm not even suggesting it's money motivated. For yeah. whatever reason, if it's personal problems or anything, he hasn't been the same player. And I don't think that he would tell you that he's been the same player either. I think it's fair to say. I don't think I'm being outrageous by saying that. You're not, you're not. So... If it is a conspiracy and there's something's gone wrong, it's basically the end for Arteta because if you lose those players, Aubameyang is the captain. You lo- you've lose uh, you've lost the dressing room, and that's that. And I don't think you'll find anyone who'll take Aubameyang from you. So he's stuck there, annoyed, and uh, that is not productive for the whole team, especially when everyone loves Aubameyang as much as they love him. So I hope it's all good. Hopefully they are actually ill, but it's a coincidence that only those two players were ill. Yeah, I. The lack of that one shocks me more. I think, like, if there is unrest, the whole Aubameyang, I'm not surprised by it, because I can imagine that Aubameyang and Arteta have, you know, they've had previous with him turning up late to training. I know, like, the lack of it, that's a bit that surprised me. The fact that he refused to answer questions on it is a bit strange. He, he could have just been like, um, you know, they're ill. I don't know why everyone's acting so weird about this. They're just unwell, um, you know. Why are you asking me this? So if I get that, but the whole... He said, oh, they're unwell. I will not be taking any further questions. Just made it look like yeah. there was something wrong. It's almost like know? he's trying to... Cause he, Arteta knows the media. He knows the reactions. It's weird that he yeah. would say something so sus because he knows how the game goes. But I think he's... he's I've, I know what Arteta's like and I think he's trying to use it as an excuse. Like, yeah, we lost the game today. Oh, but my two best players were unwell. Even though they're not our two best players. But, you know, he's trying to spin it. Right. In my opinion. So... I don't know, but it, it is concerning. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this and next week they'll probably be in the team against Chelsea. So, you know, we'll see what happens in it. Yeah. All right, then, let's call it there. That's been the first episode of the second season of North yeah. London's Most Red. It was a sad one. It was a mad one. It was a sad one. And we'll be back next week for another loss against various other teams uh, and our f- continued dissension into madness. We got Lukaku next. Woo! <laughs> all right, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate anyone who made it through all sixty-two minutes, and we'll be back for every single game of the season. Thank you. Yeah.